Welcome to Lost Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Bean, and you can always come in for a great mental health talk. I'm here with my special guest and my former teammate and one of my closest friends today, man, Tristan Shorter. Hey, man, appreciate you for having me. I'm Tristan Shorter. I'm from Oxford, Mississippi. I go to Arkansas State, majoring in exercise science, and I um, appreciate you for having me. Always, bro. It's always an honor to have great people on this show, man. Today, man, I want to dive into a great talk in mental health, something I've been looking through this weekend. I've been really looking into a lot of things surrounding around childhood traumas and stuff like that, and um, I'm doing a lot of research. And one thing I found is 36% of kids from 14 to 21 suffer with a lot of childhood traumas that end up affecting you know, their learning experience, how they uh, communicate with others. Before we get to that, I want to talk more about you so we can allow people to understand, you know, why I brought you on this show and also to understand a little bit more about you. So Tristan, man, tell me about yourself. I'm from, I'm originated and born, I was born in New Albany, Mississippi, away, roughly around 35 to 40 minutes from Oxford, Mississippi. I uh, grew up there, I lived there until I was in seventh grade. A lot of some problems that went on with my family forced me to move away into a better environment. And that's when, at my eighth grade year, I moved into Oxford, and I just graduated from there. Oh, that's nice, nice. Oxford, Oxford, Mississippi. That's a nice school, isn't it? That's six yeah. A. Yeah, bro, six A. Uh, home of Ole Miss Rebels. Tidy, tidy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, okay. So growing up, how many siblings did you have? I had three. Well, growing up, I had two siblings. I had a, a younger brother and a younger sister. One, my younger, my brother is 18 today. My sister is 16. And last year, my father had another uh, child. So now I have a baby sister who is one years old. Oh wow, that's nice. Congratulations, bro. Right, appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. So tell me, uh, growing up in Oxford, what was the difference between growing up there and you know having to adjust to move to a new area with new people? versus where you, you know, born at, you know? Well, I was born at wasn't just the biggest uh, city or town. We, we was a 4 age school, so, we, like, re- really everybody in the city knew everybody, and, like, you get around knowing everybody. But when I moved to Oxford, it was, re- it was way bigger. We had more people and more things to do. So, like, it was, it was kind of different because I didn't know everybody in my city, and really I still don't know everybody in Oxford right now because of how many people are there. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Oxford, Oxford is a really large city. Um, when your your senior year, uh, didn't you, didn't y'all uh, win the state championship? Yes, we won the state championship. Or y'all was the first, right? Right, first so in I, 50 years. Right. So how does that feel to be the first to do something? I mean, it, it was kind of unbelievable because like we had many great athletes and some NFL players and a lot of college players that went that came through the school. But like never could pull it off, and just being being one of the first in my school out of a lot of people that reached the state championship, it was a big accomplishment. Right, right. So tell me this: What do you think y'all had that every other team in 50 years didn't have? I feel like I feel like our team bonded together. Like it wasn't too many people on the team that didn't get along with everybody. Like we had some leaders, and like the people who wasn't leading, like they looked up to the leaders and actually listened instead of bringing everyone down and trying to do their own thing. I feel like team bonding was the most important. Mm, that sounds that sounds like a winning football team right there, honestly. Really, that sounds that sounds really great to be that young and understand, you know, the levels of command and understanding how to win. You're going to win together. Right. That's really nice, bro. Right. So, Tim, what other sports did you play at Oxford? I played baseball and I played, bas- I played basketball. 
from ninth from eighth grade to tenth grade. Mm-hmm. I played baseball from middle school all the way up until my senior year. Okay. And I played football. I also was on the track team in middle school, but due to baseball, I really couldn't run track like I wanted to. Baseball, but baseball really was like my number one sport before football. I had a couple uh, college offers in baseball. Really should have. Looking back, I wish I would have made some different decisions, but I'm still glad to be where I'm at today. Yeah, that's nice, bro. That's real nice, bro. You, so you was always active. Yeah, bro. Like every season, after every season, I'm going to the next sport the next day. Mm-hmm. You know, summer had summer baseball, summer basketball, summer workouts too. So it was just year round, I was busy. Wow. So, so majority of your life, you've been playing sports all times of the year. Right. Right. That's nice, bro. So tell me this. Uh, tell me a little bit about your parents, man. So do, do, growing up, did you live with both your parents and household? Growing up, I lived in New Albany. I grew up living with both of my parents until seventh grade. Um, we really like we had it made. I'm not gonna lie. For the most part, we had it made. My parents was working good jobs. They did everything they could for me. Uh, seventh grade, my uh, mom had some problems. Ended up getting locked up, which like forced our family to split up. So my dad like tried to move into a better environment where we wouldn't be around most of the things that we were seeing at a younger age. But like, so like now my my mom is out of jail. She was there for a couple of years. But now like that she's out, my father and her still get along. They're not together, but like they still get along and still do what they need to do for the family. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's very unfortunate, man. You had to go through that though. But I mean, I mean, just just because. Wait, so what did your parents do? My mom, my mom was a nurse, all the way up until she got locked up. My dad, he's he was a network administrator, IT tech for computers. So like he he had a job, like just going around every other state doing stuff until uh, my seventh grade year, sixth grade year. Let me take that back. My sixth grade year, he uh, got a job with AT and T, and he's been there ever since. So like really has they have some good jobs it's just like when i i feel like when you lose one of your parents in the household is it's kind of harder for that one parent to just be able to take care of everything that they need to take care of right 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 parenting is definitely a two-person job mom and dad so i can understand that and i mean you said i mean they did all they could man i mean that's all they can do right but i mean just because you haven't made financially don't mean you still haven't made you know what i mean because you like like your situation you still went through stuff regardless of the money regardless of the house or any of that so i mean that 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 right there is something that a lot of people deal with you know thinking that just because they they had it like that that you feel me what they going through isn't big yeah bro honestly honestly like when i had it made I never thought that like I hit the bottom like I never thought I had to go through the certain things that I went through yeah. but like now that I'm I'm, I'm kind of glad that I went through those things because like I feel like I was privileged I had it made so like I was him like I like I didn't I had everything I had until like when everything got taken away from me that made me like actually like look back and like appreciate, take, appreciate everything that I had and like what I had at the time because like once it's gone, it's really hard to come back off of that. Oh, yeah, it really is, man. It's real hard, man, to really come out from all of that, bro. So, um, growing up, so how did uh, your mom going to jail affect you? Well, like, I was a firstborn, so I, I kind of, I'm not going to lie, I was a mama's boy. So, like, I, I was under my mama all the time. And so, like, I did everything I could with her. She took care of me. And really, she had 
a better job than my father. So like she was really taking care of the house for real. And like seeing her get locked up, it kind of affect, it, like, affected me more than anybody, anybody else in the family. Cause I guess my brother and sister were too young to really understand what was going on. But like me and my mama had, we still have a tight relationship, but like just seeing her go through those things, like, and knowing that I couldn't help, like, cause like she was battling with drug addiction. So like, it's you can't really just make someone stop battling from that. Like right. it's gonna take them their own time. Like they don't want help for themselves. So like, I really couldn't help her and just see her struggle all the time and like everybody give up on her instead of trying to like make sure she's doing better. That kind of messed me up bad because like, I felt like I was the only one trying to take care of her. So like, it, and everybody was just throwing away, which like my dad, when he, he really stopped caring about it for real. So like, it kind of affect me because he really didn't care. And like, that was the woman he had been with for most of his life. And just to see him give up on her so quick kind of like really made me irritated. Yeah. So she, how long was she locked up? She was locked up from my seventh grade year all the way. She was locked up from seventh grade to twelfth grade year, but she was only she only went three times. So she got out. She got out my ninth grade year for a couple months, and she went back in, and then she got back out my going into my junior year, and then she was in there. She was out for like three or four months, and then she got locked up again, and then she was in there until my senior year. Crazy. So your mom didn't really get to see you play football. My mama really, she really didn't get to see me play any sports. Like growing up, she did. Like before she got locked up, she never missed a game. She was at every tournament, every game I had, no matter what sport it was. And then when she got locked up, like it, it was kind of hard for me because like I was getting older. I knew I was going to college, so like my mama, my mama not being able to see me like play at a young age and missing so much really kind of affected me. Like what was your what was your drive? So like daily waking up every day, understanding your mom locked up. Did you talk to her all the time? Did I really I, I could only talk to her when she was able to call because like the prison she was in like gave her a certain amount of phone calls, like a week or like yeah. certain amount of time, which would be really hard because like we sometimes she'll call me, we'll be in a deep conversation, then the phone just cut off because she ran out of time. So like it was kind of hard, but I feel like my motivation was her being in there like. I, I still wanted to make her proud no matter where she was at. And I feel like her not being there really gave me more reason to like, like prove, prove everybody wrong, like where I could be able to take care of her or where like her or my father didn't have to pay for my school or have any problems with like worrying about how I'm gonna get my education. And I feel, also feel like the most of the anger that I had built in from my mom being gone so long kind of like helped me like do what I did on the field and on the court, whatever sport it was playing, like that anger fueled me and helped me play better. Yeah, that's good. That's a good way to turn a lot of negatives into into great positives right there. So I heard you say um, you wanted to prove people wrong. So did you have people that didn't believe in you or in your ability? I kind of had, I had people like when I moved schools. So when I was in New Albany, like I was like a great player. Like everybody looked up to me like, I had it made because I, I feel like it was a small town, so like really we really didn't just have that many athletes there. So like when I moved most of the city from Wabney, like they always talking like, oh, you moving to a bigger school, you moving to Oxford, you're not gonna be able to like do what you did here. So like that that was fuel to like let me prove them wrong, prove the city that I was born in, like prove them wrong, go to a different city, and really like. My, my biggest accomplishment was winning a state championship because New Albany, New Albany has never won a state championship in, like, history. 
So like being able to go to a different school and have like all them people talking down, like I'm not gonna be able to do this, I'm not gonna be able to do that, and do exactly what they told me I couldn't do, like that was big. Yeah, you didn't you didn't just win the state championship. You also got to go to the Mississippi Alabama game too, man. Yes, sir, bro. We uh, came out short versus the Alabama boys, but it was a, it was a fun experience. Yeah, man, I understand. But it'd be like that, bro. Alabama got them. They got them players. Bro. Yeah, Bama had some. They had some big guys, man. Some fast <laughs> players, but I, I feel like if we did it again, I'll get back on. <laughs> oh, that's funny. They do it every year. Nah, bro. Before the year we played was the first year they won in like five years. You can so, check the stats, bro. Who? Alabama. Yeah, bro. DK what, Metcalf, AJ you, Brown, and them. Yeah, all of them. They beat them. That's cap. Bro. I promise you, you can look it up. It's in the record books. It's, it's okay, bro. I get you. I get you a Birmingham boy, but like, not everybody can. You know what I'm saying? Nah, man. Ain't no. I'm just trying to play. Ain't no way. They got. I was thinking about 20. It was what 2016. Yeah, bro. That's that's. It's 2022 now, bro. New generation, bro. Oh, it's yeah, really been bro. that long. I was finna say. I know y'all ain't beat them. Yeah, bro. They whole team. The whole Alabama uh team that year went to the NFL. Yeah, bro. They got. They had some dogs, bro. But like, and then my year we got beat. Yeah. Mm. It was down from there. I but I feel like I feel like Alabama got some better athletes overall. We Mississippi really just don't have that where we can get uh recognized as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I peeped that. Yeah, bro. Small small state, bro, but I think like people from Mississippi, bro, we I feel like that's why we're so successful, bro, because like we, we we don't come from that much. We don't have it, really everything handed to us, but we make it everything out of nothing. Yeah. Yeah, bro, I feel like Mississippi st- Mississippi better than Alabama though overall. <laughs> no, it's not. No, right, bro. bro. It may it may be maybe less racist. Yeah, I do got two good football teams though, but we do too. Well, okay. Oh, y'all got two, bro. Y'all just got y'all got you know. Get a new coach. Y'all got Hugh Freeze, uh, great from Ole Miss. You know he coached at Ole Miss. Yeah. So like y'all got Auburn. Auburn has them now, so maybe they can rebuild. Maybe. You know, Arkansas State had him, and when they had him, they did great. So he he's a real, you know, real good coach. Yeah. But um, also, so, well, how was your relationship with your daddy? I heard you say you was a mama's boy. So like, when your when your mom went to jail, so you had to more so lean on your dad. How was that? Yeah, bro, I had to live with my dad from for most of my high school. So it was just me, my dad, my brother and sister. Which I feel like, honestly, I feel like. I, at the time, I really didn't understand. So, like, we really didn't have a good relationship because I was always caring for my mom, and, like, he had kind of threw her under the bus and kind of, like, just wasn't caring for anymore. But, like, I feel like me knowing that that's still my mama, like, me and him most definitely had some rough times where, like, he'll, he'll talk about it. Like, but I feel like looking back at it now, he was just trying to, like, put me in a better position. But I didn't like some of the things that he was saying, so we really argued. We argued a lot, but our relationship now is better. That's good, bro. That's good, bro. I feel like it's really hard because, um, yeah, that's your mom. But, like, at one point, you know, that was his wife. And I know, like, he don't look at her in the way you look at her. You look at your mom. Regardless of what she go through or anything that happened, you're going to love her. Right. It don't matter if your mom was, was on the street selling her soul. Like, you still going to love your mom. Him is more yeah. of a condition thing now because they lost everything they're not together no more and maybe you know he just still got some anger built up i mean it is it i don't know if i was in that position it really would hurt to see like my wife go down like that yeah bro but 
you know what I mean? And I kind of feel like I kind of feel like the reason he moved us away from New Albany was to not, like help us not see some of the things that my mom was doing. Mm-hmm. And I like at the time because I was still like I didn't I really didn't see no wrong. So, but he was seeing more things because he was the husband. So, like a lot of a lot of parents gonna hide stuff from their kids. But like I feel like he was just moving us away to get us out of that environment where we didn't have to see those things. Yeah, facts. And I mean, like that's all he can do. He just trying his hardest to protect y'all, really, to to protect y'all mindsets and everything. Right. I feel like, you know, me and where I grew up, you know, I feel like I needed that. I really didn't. I didn't have that because uh. I mean, just where I was, where I was from. I couldn't control, you know, where I was from. I could control the school I went to. I couldn't control where I lived at, though. Right. So it was only so much. But I mean, y'all fortunate to get the move, get the opportunity to move out of that, though. Right. You know, that's crazy to have to have seen that. You know what I mean? So. That, yeah, I, I say that's why. That's why looking back at it, I, I feel like he made a lot of the right decisions that I didn't agree with. Because mm-hmm. like now, now I'm in a, I'm in a position where I can still be successful. He don't have to pay for my school. Right. So like I feel like he did all that for a reason, and he got he got what he he moved us for. So like now that I'm in a place to where I, like I don't have to pay for my school and stuff, I feel like that all of, everything that he did was to make us be better in life. Right, right, right. That sound that sounds about right. So, I did some research on, um, you know, childhood trauma, and one thing I found about childhood trauma is that more than two two thirds of children report at least one traumatic event by sixteen, by the age of sixteen. And um, I mean, it's I feel like it's normal for everybody to have one, but. I feel like it's different when you didn't seen it like multiple times, yeah, like bro. a lot of times. And what's crazy about growing up black is you see it in a different way, a lot in different areas. And a lot of people don't understand trauma isn't just somebody dying or anything like that. Trauma is mental ability, physical ability, emotional ability. Like I feel like. A lot of people just see like, oh, it's got to be a death for for you mm-hmm. to go through something or for for you to feel bad. But like, what I went through, it really it really didn't just affect me that like that because it wasn't a death. But like, being, my mom being gone that long, like, kind of felt like a death because like I couldn't never see her. She was always like, I couldn't even visit her in prison or anything like that. But I also feel like yeah, so like, just the thought the thought of my mom being locked up and like some of the drugs. And mm-hmm. stuff that I saw that she was using, yeah. kind of like still to this day, like I just get that picture back in my head, like wow, like there's no way I really saw that. And like, yeah. mom, what I feel like what really did it for me was, uh, so my mama got out of jail the first time. Right. She was still doing drugs, so like she yeah. had got this infection in her leg, and mm-hmm. she was losing white blood cells. So they she had to go in uh, the ER, and they cut a, a hole in her leg to get the infection out. So like. She still got a scar from like the bottom of her knee up all the way to her thigh. So like just seeing her being like she was real sick in the hospital, like bro, she was really like 113 pounds, bro, like real skinny, like real bad. So like, bro, just seeing her like that in that hospital, bro, really like killed me. And I feel like, bro, it was really just based off most of the stuff was based off the things that I was seeing, cause like before my mama was started using drugs, bro, like she was working out every day, going to the gym. Being a nurse, like she was doing that stuff faithfully, like taking care of us, like 
no health problems, no anything. And bro, just like she, I, she was around like 150, 160, but it was a healthy weight. Mm-hmm. And like just see her drop all that, bro. Like really, like see her get sick like that, bro. Like just was like sick, bro. Yeah. So did you? My thing is one thing I, I, I wonder about the situation is like. You know, because it's so crazy. It seems so random. I mean, like, did she, what caused her to get into this place? Like, as far as, like, do you think it was, like, anything trauma-related, like, stress, something that was, like, had her depressed or anything? I know, I know she, she had, uh, she had some, she had some child trauma herself Mm. growing up that she really, like, she really didn't just, like, talking about, but, like, yeah. Like she told me not too long ago about it, but also like she was a travel nurse, so she was away from her family like six, like she'll be away from us like six months for some time. Like she'll go be working for six months, come back for three months, leave right back off. So I felt and she was around so much medicine, so like she was like in, she was stationed in West Virginia at the time. So I feel like bro, just being away from her family like for that many years and stuff like that like can really made her stress out and get depressed bro so i feel like i think that she started doing like she was around the drugs so like it was helping her cope with what she was doing and she had easy access to it Mm. i feel like she just let it take over Mm. yeah that's usually how it go man i was just wondering because i'm like it doesn't she doesn't sound like a person that always been this way yeah bro you know so uh What's one what's one thing? What's one thing from your childhood uh, experience that you feel like traumatized you that like to this day you can still like remember like detail. Alright. What you mean you talking about within my mama? No, I'm just talking about it in general. Just like a childhood experience that really traumatized you that you to this still to this day because one thing about childhood trauma is uh a lot of people don't remember everything i know i, I spoke with one woman uh she didn't even remember it. like she knew she had been molested she knew the person that did it but she had suppressed it so deep that she didn't even remember a lot of it and i know like me like it's been times in my childhood i remember uh getting in trouble for certain things and stuff like that and everything else but there's a lot of other things i know like i don't remember the details of certain things and i mean we as humans we our mind and our body try to protect us protect us like if i knew my mom was gonna die tomorrow my body would tell me like my mind would tell me like nah she's gonna die. Yeah. just so i don't crash out because yeah, your bro. body your body keeps the score so your body knows you more than you know you and i know you like oh i'm me but your body know what you capable of, and before you crash out, your body try to stop you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you well, the one of the main childhood traumas. I was eight years old, so it was a cousin on my mama's side. Like, but he was out. So at the time, eight years old, like I really wasn't just into football like that until I really got older. So I was playing baseball. My mama had her her brother had a son, but he was older than me. He was always older than me. He was like, uh. He was five years older than me. His name was Zach. Mm-hmm. So he, he was playing. He was a real good baseball star, though. Mm-hmm. So like, he was playing ball. So I really looked up to him. He taught me a lot of things. So, God, December twenty first, he was uh we was getting ready for Christmas at my family's. So he was uh had went to his girlfriend's house, and so he was driving and stuff like that. And um he, he like he had got some Christmas clothes, so he had put on three shirts. 
and he was driving he was driving back from like the get so the christmas shirts that he got were gifts that his girlfriend had got him so he was driving back to his mama's house and stuff like that mm-hmm. and it was at 9 38 p.m never forget like he we got a car he was so he was driving and he, he at the time he was driving it was nighttime he was going around the curb but he was trying to take he got high in his car so he was trying to take shirts off mm-hmm. and he took he took one shirt off and then when they found him he had one shirt over his head like in the car so like and like that was like my favorite like my go-to person like i was young so bro like bro he was like everything that i had like he was showing me everything i need to know in sports and stuff like that and just like getting that call bro that that like my favorite person bro other than my like my my brothers and my mom and dad bro like Mm -hmm. knowing that he passed away bro like really affected me like real bad bro because like i feel like i had lost a piece of everything because like he was showing me everything that I needed to know yeah. for like sports, bro. So like, right. I looked up to him in every sport, bro. And, like just seeing him be able, like, be going like that, and, and then like when we got, I couldn't even go to the funeral, bro, because like I went to the wait, saw the body, bro, and like I just like shut down, bro. Got yeah. I got real sick, bro. Like I couldn't even go to the funeral, bro. But that, bro, that was the worst thing that probably happened in my life, bro. Was it? Cause like that's my family, bro. That's my cousin, bro. Like seeing him and just the way that everything happened, bro, and it being so close to like Christmas and stuff like that, bro. Mm-hmm. Really, like, like I didn't even want to. Like, I didn't have fun at Christmas, bro. Cause like that stuff was in my head. And like to this day, like, I still text his mama, bro. Like I'm checking up on it and stuff like that. Cause mm-hmm. like I, I, sometimes people go through things and like, but it don't really affect them for a long term. Yeah. But I feel like. A childhood trauma, bro, is something that, like, you still, like, to this day, bro, like, look back at and, like, it still can affect you, bro, like, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's something that I look back at, like, dang, bro, like, that was my, like, that he was my dog, bro, like, ain't no way that happened, bro. Yeah, bro, I understand how that go, bro. I lost, I lost, uh, I lost one of my, uh, one of my close friends when I was in, what, 11? Um, he was one of my teammates. He was actually good at football, bro. Yeah. But um, unfortunately, you know, he just was in the streets and it caught up with him. You know, sadly, you know, he died in the worst way. Yeah. He was, uh, he had a little son. We in high school, he had a son already. He was walking, he had dropped out of high school, uh, walking his son to the bus and got, got killed. Dang, bro, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. But, I mean, that that's crazy that you remember it like that. You know, that's something that is... I don't know why I thought that uh, that was your bro- that was your brother or something. I thought nah. you had like an older brother that had passed. Nah, bro. That was your cousin. Yeah, but like, bro, just but like he was like a brother to me though, bro. Like mm-hmm. and like I I just like I like it's bad, bro. When you can like look back at it, bro, and like picture everything that went down, like when it happened, bro. Like yeah. I like was playing ball outside, bro. My pop, you feel me? Like I can remember him coming to tell me, you feel me? I'm crying, bro. Like. Bro, I'd never forget that day. Yeah, I know that's crazy, bro. But then, like, the, you couldn't even go to the front or there. I know that's crazy. Yeah, bro. So, bro, all right. So, you say you're a sophomore, right? Right. So, what are you? What, what are your plans? I'm majoring in exercise science right now because of football. But my plan is to be a nurse. I want to follow in my mom's footsteps. But, like, I feel like... Like now that I, now that I know what she went through and mm-hmm. like how quick her life could change like that, I feel like I want to like pick back up in her footsteps, bro, and like keep doing it and doing what she was doing because like, bro, like 
nurses, bro, can really bring in a lot of money, bro. Like, I feel like I can be better off in life, like being a nurse and like bringing in a lot of money and income for my family, bro. And then like, I feel like my mama, that was my mama's dream. Like she was a nurse for a long time, bro. Like yeah. just seeing that fall from her so, so shortly, bro, or so quickly, bro. Like, I feel like I just want to pick up and like make her proud doing what she couldn't, like what she can't do anymore. Yeah, bro, I understand that, bro. That, that, that makes that's logical sense. But I mean, you gotta remember, bro. You gotta. Do you love it? Yeah, like, bro, I wouldn't say like I. I really don't know if I love nursing because I. Mm -hmm. I haven't been a nurse yet, but like, I love like taking care of people, bro. Making sure everyone's straight, bro. So like, I feel like yeah. being being able to like do that affect a person's life, whether they live or die. I feel like that's something I want to do because mm -hmm. like, there's not too many people that just get a life out and like make sure everyone else is straight. Right. Right. That that that's. That's true. And my mom works in healthcare as well. Yeah, bro. So she be working, working. But like, that's why I'm saying, like, because my mom, like, she sacrifices, like, not being able to see the family. Like, I'm gonna be real. Like, growing up, my mama didn't really get to come to family events. Every time I go somewhere, it was just me because I was, I was basically the only one. My mom can never be in no events. And so when I come here, everybody asks me my mom and she at work every yeah, time bro. I work. And I, that's why I ask you that because, you know, like a lot of people, they want they want money, they want all this other stuff, and then they lose. You got to sacrifice. Like in, in college, I had to sacrifice my family. Like yeah. I can't, I can't, I couldn't get, I couldn't see them a lot. Couldn't you know go what back, I mean? Couldn't go back home whenever you yeah. wanted and stuff like that. I couldn't go back. Yeah, and bro. I mean it's hard going back home now and seeing every everything different. Yeah, a lot of people growing up, bro, like yeah. just stores and streets like changing and stuff like that, bro. It, mm -hmm. It's it's crazy, but I feel like I feel like we in this position, bro. Like you did, like you came this far, bro. Like you getting what you need to do so you can be successful in life. So I feel like yeah. sacrificing being away from your family for that little minute of time, like it it, it could mess you up mentally. Mm -hmm. But like I feel like in the long run, like you you'll be able to look back and be like, I'm glad I made that decision and go there, then like do the oh, things yeah. I did. So like even if everything don't didn't work out how you plan on coming to college, bro, like you can look back at this and be like, I know what I what I can't do and what I can do. Like and you like you seen a lot of stuff. You probably seen a lot of stuff in college, bro, that'll make you look at a lot of things differently. Oh yeah, definitely. I look at a lot of I just be thinking sometimes about how I used to look at stuff when I was in uh, high school and how now I understand why my folks used to talk to me the way they do. Right. And it's crazy because it's like I feel like I knew then what I actually know now. I ain't know nothing then. But like that's the communication barrier I feel like parents and children don't have. You know what I mean? Just being straight up. I mean, my folks they tried to, you know, protect me, but like me, I was gonna, I was determined to find out the hard way. Yeah, know, bro. So, yeah, know. like I feel like, I feel like, like parents, bro, like they try to teach you based off how they were raised. Yeah. So I feel like in different, like we grew up in different generations, bro. So like they was trying to, like they they had already seen the stuff that they was preaching to us about or been through the things that they were preaching to us about. Right. But we, we haven't been through those things, so we really didn't understand, like, maybe this is wrong, maybe this is right. So, like, I feel like us being in that way and, like, you said you said that you was hard, you wanted to find out things the hard way. Like, I was too, like, I really, I had it made most for the most part until my mom went away, but, like, I still, like, 
was out trying to like do stuff that I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing. Right. But now looking back at it, I'm glad I did that because like I can see like what I don't need to be doing. Right. And like where I'm going wrong and what I need to do to like live a better life. Oh yeah, definitely. But it's it's like it's hard to be a leader if you never been through it because right. you don't know how to, where to go, bro. Yeah, bro. So, I like a lot of people I be seeing, you know, like a lot of people I grew up with that didn't get in trouble, didn't this, that, and the third. Those people, not to say that they aren't good people, but they're just not as they're not successful because, yeah. I mean, I, I know like life isn't about you know just doing regular stuff, but like they were afraid to take risks, and that's why I realized they were scared. They were scared to live life more so than just living life and I'm not saying do bad things that that means living life it's just a mentality to where like you feel like like you want to you want to figure stuff you want to figure stuff out on your own and you want to you know what I mean you want to yeah. get it and it's like I know I had a I had a, a family member who just was you know okay with just being in a little a little you know their own little circle you know space, their own yeah. little space you know what I mean by themselves and they folks they they you know they protected them like that and then when life got real they didn't know how to you know go outside and yeah, live life so all they do is stay you know in their parents house and one thing my mom told me when i turned 18 you i gotta get i gotta get up gotta out, of get out the house or I at least to. if you're not getting out the house you gotta be able to pay at, or help with the rent or something like that bro Bruh, my mom told me bro my mom told me i had to get out the house bro like it, in my head, when she said that to me, I'm thinking like, "Damn, she gonna kick me out." Yeah. In her head, she, she was like, "Like you have no option. Like you going, you gotta go do something. You gotta do something productive yeah. with your life. Just don't be sitting around at the house yeah, like, like relying on your parents." Oh, definitely. And now looking back, like I tried, I tried to do everything I could to make life uh, easy. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so I'm like to the point like going to college was so. I mean, getting a scholarship and everything, like, you know, definitely was blessed for that. But I definitely did that and look back on it. Like, you know, I was trying to make life easier for my mama because a lot of people where I'm from, like, they don't get the opportunity to go to college. Right. And they don't have, you know, the funds and all that stuff. But my mama, she wanted me to. And so she she invested in, in everything. You know, she invested. She couldn't pay for college, but she could pay for me you know, to go train here or do this and do that, and you know what I mean? And it add up, and I was able to get a scholarship, you know what I mean? So she invested in my dreams, thankfully, you know, just me and her, and, you know, we figured it out, you know? So like, that's one of the things I'm thankful for I got to do, you know, because a lot of people, they got loans, they got debt, they got all that stuff, and, you know, I don't got none of that, yeah. you know? She don't, she don't either. So yeah, that that's nice. That's real nice. But one thing, uh, I got another question, bro. So uh growing up in Oxford, right? Right. Did you already have any family living there? I had a I had a little bit of family living there, but like they weren't just like close family, it was long distance family. Okay, 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 okay. So growing up there, uh in a better environment, did you did you still hold on to some of the like some of, the, some of the tendencies that you had when you was in the previous environment. Yeah, bro. I, like, it was a lot of things that, I, I mean, I really didn't just change a lot about me. Yeah. I just changed how I looked at certain things, like mm -hmm. how I went about certain things like that. So, like, in New Albany, like, I, re I was, like, I was an athlete, so, like, it was real big. So, like, 
everybody, I was cool with everybody because like I was a big superstar or whatever on, on like, at the school and stuff. Like I feel like when I moved to Oxford, like I, it was more than just me being a great player. Like it, I had a lot of great players around me and stuff like that. A lot of great people around me. So like I really wasn't just a standout. So like that kind of made me like be able to like look back and be like, there's other people that's not just really like well known like that. So like, bro, I feel like. I was so, like I was so big, so like I had everybody coming to me until when I got to Oxford. Like everybody else around me was big, also. So like it made me look at the other people like that didn't have it like that or wasn't as big. Like see where they was coming from and like how they was living and stuff, and see their point of view for other in life. Right, right. That makes perfect sense, bro. Wow, that's crazy, bro. So look, reflecting on your life, bro, and like looking now, bro. What is the best advice you've ever been given? The best advice I've probably been given is from my father. I'll say that. He was, he like, he really just, he preached to me, like, don't take anything for granted, bro. Like, because I had it made, bro. Like, and I was taking everything for granted, bro. Like, and when I lost everything, like, it was stuff that I was like, dang, like, I, I already, I lost this. I never thought I'd lose it, bro. Right. So, like, and just staying humble about everything, bro. Like, when I moved, like even when my mom was still locked up so like i was getting offers and stuff but like i didn't let that take over me like as a person or like how how i was like how i was around other people i just stayed humble bro and like let everything come to me but i still i still made sure like i looked out for everyone i was helping everyone out and stuff like that right 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 so what's the worst advice somebody ever given you the worst advice somebody ever given me was probably uh well, this one guy when I when I got in college, bro, he told me um, just never have a, a girlfriend in college because it, <laughs> it can affect my career. Which I uh, at the time I, I had listened to that I had listened to that guy and uh, I feel like when he, what he li- what he told me was uh, wrong because uh, I had broke up with my girlfriend that I was with and it was because of him. But I ended up getting with a, a, another uh, girl and yeah, bro, like. I just been with her for ever since then, and I just feel like I I, I feel like I want to look back and like tell him like he was wrong for what he told me, <laughs> and yeah. that I'm proving him wrong also. Yeah, but I mean like if you think about it, I mean you're not wrong. I mean he not wrong. I mean look what happened? You broke up with that girl and what? Now I'm better off in life, I guess. But as- but like but like but like think about it. Like real life, think about. Think about what he said to think about your situations. Yeah. I don't know, bro. I feel like at the time, bro, it, it might have been some good advice. It was prehistoric advice. It definitely was prehistoric. Maybe maybe he knew what I needed bro, before I knew what I needed. I'm going to tell you the truth, bro. I'm going to tell you the truth right here, bro. It's like being, being you're in an area where it's like you're still young-minded, bro. Like you still have these young-minded tendencies, but you want to grow. And so... You getting all this independency and all this stuff, and you like, okay, like I'm mature. Yeah. But you're maturing until you can't handle it no more. Like, I think about my situation. Like, I was doing good in life, and then I got in a relationship, and then I started having these, like, I started having like a person rely on me and this and that and the third. And why while going through what I was going through with football, I have a whole nother person, a whole number, a whole nother obligation, it felt like. Right towards me and you know what I mean you know how football can be can be real you know taxing but like because you know I'm not perfect and this person I was with not perfect either you know what I mean 
it made life a little bit more stressful. And like me being in that area where I'm maturing, I'm learning, but I'm not mature all the way. Yeah. I made some dumb mistakes off of, off of impulse or off of my emotions because of stuff from football. Yeah. Transfer over into over here. And so that right there, that's what I learned. I gotta keep that keep those two things apart. Yeah, bro. I feel like I feel like once once you once you get to that point to where like you can't let where you don't let your uh, emotions get to you and you be able to control them, bro. Like it, it made life a lot easier, bro. Because Definitely. I feel like as us as teenagers and college students, bro, we tend to we tend to like go through a lot of things, bro. That where like we don't and we don't get talk about our problems or like we let a lot of stuff build up in our head, bro. So like Definitely. it come a time, bro. Like where we really not a bad person. You really don't intend for bad things to happen but once we get so much stuff built in us bro like our emotions just come out and it, like we really just don't we don't we don't we wait until after the fact after our emotions come out to like look back and like try to figure out how to control it instead of taking precautions before yeah yeah definitely i thought my issue like i feel like my issue was was that like i didn't i didn't speak up enough about how i felt right so it just got it grew yeah and uh because i thought i knew like because i was talking to myself i thought i knew what i was doing like in my head i told myself i told myself one thing but i won't tell the person how i feel yeah like in my head when being bothered or irritated by my, one of, one of my girlfriends I probably wouldn't tell her How deeply irritated me Just yeah. in fear of She not caring or whatnot. Because then it's like, like Why am I wasting my time with you But yeah. it's like It's a disconnect sometimes And I feel like sometimes Like I feel like Talking about your problems bro Can be like a, One of the biggest parts Into mental health bro Like If you If you vent out Then like I feel like getting that off your chest Will help you But also like I feel like we um Like We I feel like we don't want to talk about our problems or we're too afraid to talk about our problems because like what the other person might say or like how they might judge us after we tell them about that. Oh yeah, definitely. That's definitely a big issue with men. It's called toxic masculinity. Right. But you know, yeah, that's definitely true. But you know, that's another topic for another day, man. I appreciate you coming through, man. This is once again, one of my close friends, former teammate, Tristan Shorter. Appreciate you being here, bro. Yes, sir. No problem. Appreciate you for having me. Yes, sir. And hey, I want to thank all the people listening to this podcast today. I'm your host, Derek Bean, here at Lost Kids Podcast. I'm ready, ready. I'm going to have a good day.